It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the Odyssey app, and wherever you download your podcasts. And... Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday, like today, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So please get those questions in right now for next week. If you didn't get in your questions in time for this week, so I'll answer those questions I got after the recording of the show next week and whatever questions you send throughout the rest of the week. On today's show, of course, can answer your Friday mailbag questions, but there's been a ton going on at the Carolina Panthers when it comes to trading. And as we know, Scott Fitterer, the new GM here in Carolina, he said on his first press conference that he will be in on every single deal, and the man did not lie. Let's go back to Wednesday evening. Did not think to talk about this on Thursday's show. Had already recorded Thursday's show, but Wednesday evening, the Carolina Panthers decided to part ways by trading Denzel Perryman, their linebacker who they signed to a two-year, $6 million deal during free agency, to hopefully be the starting middle linebacker, but after being out for the majority of training camp once pads go, went on with a hip flexor injury and then also have another injury that occurred earlier this week by being stepped on, the Carolina Panthers decided it's time to move on from the oft-injured linebacker and send them to the Oakland, or sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders, still trying to get used to that. The Panthers will get their sixth pick, and while the Raiders will get a seventh, the seventh pick that the Panthers just got from the Miami Dolphins, and they'll get Benzel Perriman. The Panthers will clear just short of a million dollars in cap savings this year, but we'll have to give We'll have a million dollars of dead money over the, each of the next two years because of trading Denzel Perryman. Perryman only lasted 162 days as a Carolina Panther. And honestly, the highlights for Denzel Perryman here in Carolina are showing up to Spartanburg to Wofford College for training camp with a speeding ticket saying it was going 91 miles per hour somehow on I-85 South. And anyone's driven down there in that Spartanburg, uh, Greenville area, or just on 85 period, because it's always under construction, as Matt Rule said about his offensive line, I don't know how in the world someone could drive that fast on that part of the highway. So just completely reckless. And we learned right then and there, Denzel Pyramid, not great when it comes to decision making. Then later on, we found out that he was not going to take the COVID-19 vaccine and feel about that however you want. Personal choice, all whatever. Denzel Pyramid. Yeah, I was pretty much done with that guy from that point on. By that point on and I asked Carolina Panthers source just their thoughts and the whole team getting rid of him. And the text I got back was bad dude unvaccinated, unrepentant, also about 20 pounds under what they asked him to show up at. Let's think about our old guy here in Carolina, Kelvin Benjamin. 
He tried to play with the New York Giants this year with the guy who drafted him, Dave Gettleman, as a tight end, but did not show up at the weight the Giants asked of him, which was one of the problems that they had when him and Joe Judge got in some sort of cursing match and eventually Kelvin Benjamin was waived or retired, whatever. If you don't show up to camp at the certain weight that they ask you, that's basically not holding up your end of the bargain. It's not necessarily insubordination, but they sign you a contract, they expect you to be at that certain weight and you don't show up at that weight, that's a problem. Jermaine Carter Jr. is a guy who firmly earned that middle linebacker spot while Perryman was out. Matt Rule made made sure everyone knew that on Tuesday when they asked about Perryman's injury and then we're back to Matt Rule saying we have a role for this player and then the next day or whenever that player is gone, uh, Rule Reaper, as I know some folks out there uh, have referred to him when he talks, said, says good things about a player and then that player subsequently is traded or get, or released at some point in the uh, upcoming future. But Jermaine Carter Jr., he's a guy who's added a lot of weight and done what he has to do to be able to be a middle linebacker on this football team. Denzel Perryman, did not do what he needed to be. And yeah, he wasn't healthy. That's unfortunate for him. You can't really control that. But not getting vaccinated, which Matt Rule has talked about as a competitive advantage for teams and not showing up to camp at the weight they ask you to are two things the Carolina Panthers just decided this is not a fit. Let's move on. Now, that wasn't the only trade. Currently, as I'm recording this, I am coming to you live or really recorded, but live from my um Hotel room in Daytona Beach, Florida. My day job is working for NASCAR. I'm here for the races this weekend. I was taking a nap and I wake up, start recording a podcast, and I had totally missed that the Carolina Panthers apparently have traded. Not, not, well, first off, they released Dominic Eberly, the kicker who came in here to Carolina to work out uh, and to push Joey Sly. They released him. They've kept Sly, which Shows the Panthers do, I guess, have some sort of confidence in Joey Sly and they believe in him that they decided not to release him, but instead to release the guy that they brought in to potentially replace him. So Sly survives for now, even though he was not very good in practice, according to a lot of the reports on Wednesday afternoon. But... He still has a fighting chance here in Carolina. And we talk about this name, though. The guy that Carolina Panthers have traded for, Ryan Santoso of the New York Giants. He was playing behind Graham Gano, the former Panthers kicker, who should still be here in Carolina. The Panthers have traded a conditional seventh-round pick to the New York Giants for kicker Ryan Santoso. The seventh-round pick they owned originally belonged to the Dolphins and will be the higher of the Titans or Patriots seventh-rounders next year as long as Santoso plays in two games here in Carolina. So... Two seven-rounders, the Carolina Panthers, have sent away in the last two days to get rid of Perryman and to get a kicker who hopefully can come in here and can be better than what Joey Sly has been. Again, tonight is such a monumental night for Joey Sly in trying to win this job. It's also huge for Ryan Santosa, who now absolutely has an opportunity to win this job. Now he's not behind Graham Gano, who just signed a new contract with the Giants and only missed one field goal all of 2020. Massive opportunity for both of those guys. And I had talked about earlier this week, Ian Rappaport had said there was a ton of interest surrounding the uh, kicker, Ryan Santoso, who's now here in Carolina, and that teams were talking about that. And I had said that, hey, Scott Fitter, in on every deal. Turns out to be in on every deal. Some more background on Santoso. Um, he stood out th- throughout Giants camp this summer, but of course he was not going to beat out Graham Gano. He spent time with the Lions, Titans before his time with the Giants, spending last year on a practice squad. He originally came to the league as an undrafted rookie from Minnesota, go Gophers, where he also punted. So Ryan T- Santoso is here in Carolina trying to push Joey Sly in 
be the Carolina Panthers starting kicker. So we'll see how that works out. I've said this multiple times at this point in time that it's very hard at the end of August to find a solid kicker for your team. Jake Verity is someone I think the Panthers should have been looking at. We'll see how things go in terms of if the Ravens are going to try and trade him or if we get to cut down and Sly and Santos and either one of those guys proves that they're the right guy. The Panthers try and go get the ex-ECU kicker who looked fantastic on Saturday night during that Ravens game and where Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the National Football League, also said that he'd be shocked if that guy was not on a roster this upcoming season. So here we go. Kicking competition, controversy. It's still going on here in Carolina. No more Dominic Eberle. Joey Sly is still here. Ryan Santoso, welcome to Carolina, at least for now. We'll see if you last past Tuesday afternoon. All right. So it's that time of the week. Back to your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on another Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers in just a moment. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, and here in America, we celebrate freedom of choice. And with Built Bar, they also celebrate the freedom of choice. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for everyone? Some of those flavors include coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, though, you can get a mixed box, which means you'll get two of each of the nine flavors at 18 Built Bars in one single box. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, Friday mailback time. Once again, Alex asked me, you talked about the possibility of Dante Jackson extension. Do you think the success of James Bradbury will influence your decision-making on Dante? It's hard to let a good corner walk, harder to let it happen twice. And that's an interesting question you asked. Like James Bradbury here in Carolina was much better than Dante Jackson. That's not a slight to Dante. I think Dante... Had he been healthy last year, would have been a solid player that might have already been in line to get a contract instead of waiting. Scott Fitter has already said that they've gotten all the deals they feel like they need to get done before the season. That and Taylor Moten's extension and that and Robbie Anderson's extension and the rest they'll figure out after the season is over. Maybe even later on in the season if those guys prove themselves to be worthy of it. Like a couple years ago, we saw Shaq Thompson. But James Radu was a better 
corner than Dante Jackson. And there was certainly going to be a large market out there for him, as we saw, as he signed that deal with Dave Gettleman, the guy who drafted him here in Carolina to go up with the New York Giants. And part of that's kind of funny that Dave Gettleman was paying Bradbury the same dollars per year that Josh Norman ended up getting in Washington. Of course, not the same um, term in terms in terms of how long he was going to be there. It's just funny to see that Dave Gettleman, who wasn't a big guy in terms of uh, paying corners, ended up paying a corner a pretty big deal in James Bradbury, at least an average annual value and not the length of the deal. Yeah, I don't know in terms of what they're going to do here with Dante Jackson. Um, I don't think the success of James Bradbury has much to do with that at all. You were bringing in a new head coach, Matt Rule. Marty Herney was still here, who did not draft James Bradbury. Certainly he knew him. I just don't think they saw as a priority, which I think in hindsight, obviously, was a horrible decision considering that they couldn't get off the field last year and then needed to go and draft a corner with their first pick in this past year, this draft in 2021. Um, but Dante's got to prove himself. I think they want him here, but he has to prove himself. He's yet to really do that through the course of a 16, now 17 game NFL season. He needs to do that first before the Carolina Panthers truly think about extending him even though I think that's something that they definitely want to do. Muscles Marinara, I like that name. Question for your Friday mailbag. Since there's so much depth and talent with the wide receivers, you think we'll see a lot of sub-packages with the younger guys in certain situations? Like, here's the thing. The guys who are going to be on the field the most at wide receiver are going to be, obviously, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, and David Moore. Shai Smith could earn his way to playing time in five receiver sets, but also they want to go empty out of the backfield. With Chris McCaffrey, they could just put him out there in the slot. And would you rather have Chris McCaffrey out there or would you rather have Shai Smith? And I know it's not necessarily between Christian or Shai, but it's like Christian, DJ, Rob are going to be out there. Then do you want to have David Moore and Terrace Marshall? Or do you want to have you want to have Terrace Marshall out there? So it's basically between David Moore and Shai Smith. You're probably going to go with David Moore to start out the season just based off that he's a veteran. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that Joe Brady, who has been dubbed as this inventive brilliant mind of an offensive play caller, something that we definitely need to see more of this year as this could be his last year in Carolina if he's going to get a potential head coaching job in this next upcoming cycle. I'm sure he'll come up with some certain packages for the younger guys. I'm just going to let you understand that like the guys who are going to be playing wide receiver snaps the majority of the time are like McCaffrey, who's a running back, of course, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, David Moore, like those five guys expect to see them get the bulk of the snaps while Zilstra's, if he makes a roster, will mainly be a special teams guy. Maybe Kirkwood, if he makes a roster, might be out there a couple of times. Maybe Shai Smith can earn a couple of reps. I just don't see them getting too much run, but maybe in some sub packages, certainly. But like, do you want to take those other guys out the field so that Shai Smith can touch the football? Probably not. Percy, good morning, sir, as he says. Good morning to you, Percy. I'm super excited to see Joey Slide now has competition. I'm wondering what you think. Does it make more sense to sign Dominic Eberly, or should we have gone with Eddie Pinero? Now, of course, Eberly is now gone uh, as of this recording, um, and Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah, I mean, Pinheiro's been okay. Like He's just another guy. That's the thing. I like Pinheiro back when he was at Florida, had a big leg, and in college, he's a fantastic kicker. He's a better kicker than Joey Sly, but as he's come to the NFL... He's struggled with the consistency that you need to maintain a roster spot. And he's a free agent currently here in August. So his career stats are he's 23 or 28, 82%. Longest field goal he's made is 53 yards, of course. Yeah, I just, I, I that's just, you can ask me about really any kicker at this point in time. I'm, I'm going to give you the same answers. Like, they're just a guy. They're out here as a free agent in August and... I'm not convinced that they're going to be a significant upgrade, if an upgrade at all, from Joey Sly. They might be better, barely, 
But I think we're going to still be frustrated with the kicking situation, whether you bring in Pinheiro or you now have Ryan Santoso. We'll see how that plays out. That's just kind of how I feel about those situations. Okay, Keith, do you see any options for Carolina as far as kickers go? Staying on kicker question. I really don't see any big upgrades unless we get lucky and a team releases one during roster cuts. Joey Sly just isn't good enough. He can't do it on a cold night in Stoke. I don't even know what that means. Someone tell me what a cold night can't do it even. Can't, he can't do it on a cold night in Stoke. Okay, someone's got to tell me what a, I can't do it in a cold night in Stoke means. Or I could just Google it. I've never heard that before, Keith. I uh, appreciate the uh, new saying. It's, it's not a new saying. We appreciate you uh, bringing this to my world. Yeah, as, as we've talked about already on the episode, Joey Sly, he's still here. They brought in Ryan Santos of the trade, giving away the seventh round pick that they got from the Dolphins, giving that to Dave Goldman and the Giants. And bring in Santos. We'll see what he does tonight, as this is the weekly Friday mailbag in the game tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and how that plays out in the following days. The Panthers have roster cutdowns to their initial 53 man on Tuesday afternoon, August 31st. But yeah, like I just said to Percy, I just don't see any big upgrades out there at all. It there like the Panthers' situation with the kicking is they're going to bring in as many guys as possible at this point to compete with Sly. They're hoping that Sly with the competition, figures things out. It did not look like you figured things out on Wednesday when they brought in Eberly and when Eberly made more kicks than Sly, but for whatever reason, they felt like, okay, well, Eberly, we don't need this guy. We still believe in Joey to a certain extent. We want him to succeed, so we're going to get rid of Eberly. We're going to trade for Santoso and in hope that he either gets Joey over the hump that Matt Rule was talking about on Saturday that I told Matt Rule ain't coming. He's not getting over any hump. He's just not a good kicker. Either he gets over the hump or he stinks and the other guy's better significantly and is an upgrade, but I can't imagine that any guy that they bring is going to be a big upgrade to where they're one of the top kickers in the National Football League, because if they were going to be one of those guys, then they would not be available here in late August. Uh, Tepper's Brass Balls, the artist known as that on Twitter, which is still just a ridiculous Twitter name. He says, DJ Robbie TMJ, Terrace Marshall Jr., for those who are not yet initiated and shy over the next three seasons, best wide receiver group in Panthers history, question mark. Potentially. That's the thing. They could be. But until further notice, I'm still going to go with Musin Muhammad, Steve Smith, and Ricky Prohl, the wide receiver group that Jake DeLome had when they went to the Super Bowl back in 2003. Until, I'm not saying these guys have to go to a Super Bowl, but like Steve Smith, best wide receiver in Panthers history. Musin Muhammad, probably the, what, definitively the second best wide receiver in Carolina Panthers history. Well, is that are we safe to say that that Moose was? I mean, we'd love Moose to have been here longer than he was in Carolina, but he's pretty doggone good at what he was here. I would say that yeah, Moose probably second best wide receiver in Panthers history, and then the rest of those guys have the potential. Like DJ Moore, he's he's going to be here for a long time as long as he decides that he wants to resign here, and the Panthers get that deal done. Um, Robbie Anderson, after one season, has looked pretty doggone good, and I feel really good about what he could do here. Then after that, like Terrace Marshall Jr. has yet to play a a real NFL game, so we'll see. He has all the size and talent and skill. Shai Smith still has to make the roster. He's going to, I believe, but he has he's gonna have to, you know, get past those other guys. And so in terms of depth, it's the best depth the Carolina Panthers have had in a long time. It's the better, it's better depth than they've had even when Cam Newton was here and he dragged that. Team like like Clay of uh, Kalen Clay and Brenton Burston had them in the playoffs in New Orleans in 2017, like one of the best games, if not the best game he ever played with the receivers that he had and what he had to do to make that game even competitive from an offensive standpoint and had them down the field late 
And Devin Funches couldn't adjust to get that touchdown catch, which is still mind-boggling to me how that played out. Yeah, they have the chance to be one of the better ones. But Steve Smith, Musa Muhammad, definitively the best two wide receivers in Carolina Panthers history. And then maybe one day we could say that about DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr., and Shai Smith. All right, can answer more of your mailbag questions after this. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet. On Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the right offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back to your mailbag questions. Got a question here from David. First, a statement said, I'm not into politics, but I'm vaccinated. That isn't something I'm asking for you to put on the podcast, but I don't mind if you do. But do you think we traded Denzel Perryman because of this injury history and because he didn't get vaccinated? In my opinion, not getting vaccinated is a huge risk in real life, but I'm speaking from a football team perspective. How often does a team sign someone and trade them before they even play a snap outside of Antonio Brown? That's a great question there, David. I, I don't recall that ever happening here in Carolina like again only 162 days Denzel Perryman lasted before he was traded um to the Las Vegas Raiders and he's teaming up with Gus Bradley who was his defensive coordinator for a few seasons back when he played with the Los Angeles Chargers so that kind of makes sense the Raiders were also thin at linebacker and they were looking for someone with familiarity and someone who's been a starter in this league and he's going into a better situation for him in terms of what his role would be. Matt Rule did say on Wednesday that they would have some sort of role with him, and maybe that was their plan after all. But when the Raiders were calling, and I'm sure Gus Bradley was in the ears of Mike Mayock, GM out there in Las Vegas, and John Gruden, of course, the head coach out there in Las Vegas, that he wants Denzel Perryman, that it made sense for the Carolina Panthers to get rid of him. It also made sense because I just don't think Perryman ever really kind of fit in here. We go back to what I talked about in the first segment of the show, just with the speeding ticket, his general attitude towards like not getting vaccinated when Matt Rule had made it known. He's not going to push his players. He's going to support them either way. But he had made it known that like this is a competitive advantage for the team. And to have your backup linebacker at this point in time not vaccinated doesn't really help your team at all. He's not starting and playing the majority of the snaps. At least he's not planning on to be the starter and play the majority of snaps. So why have a guy who's in the background who is going to potentially lead to issues on your team if he were to contract a virus. And I do understand that you can still contract a virus even if you are vaccinated, which is something that cannot be ignored and something that's already happened. We saw in Buffalo where one of the trainers apparently 
who was vaccinated, got COVID. And then you had some guys like Cole Beasley, who now had to be at home because he's not vaccinated and he was a close contact and all that kind of stuff. But it just that's where it turns into a mess where if he's vaccinated, you don't have that issue. So you guys can feel about it however you want to feel about it. No, I don't I don't remember. It's not very often to answer your question, David, that a team signs someone and then trades them before they even play a snap. It's definitely not often does that happen here in Carolina. I believe, like, at least in my memory, it's the first time that's like ever happened. Um, okay. Brody asks, would you rather see Omar Bayless or Zilstra make wide receiver six? My vote is Bayless after preseason performances. I'm gonna go with Zilstra. Um the guy's worked his tail off to be here in Carolina um, with two different regimes. And to make the roster last year, key play, of course, he made was that touchdown recovery in the end zone he had on that muff punt against the Washington football team and our old coach, Ron Rivera. The Panthers brought him back because he's a key special teams guy. Omar Bayless certainly probably has more upside in terms of like the actual receiving position, but the Panthers don't really need that when you have what's in front of them and DJ and Robbie and Terrace and Shai Smith. What they need are solid guys to go out there and to be great on special teams. And that's what Brandon Zilstra provides to this roster. That's the thing that's really important. You got to understand, like, you have your top 22 guys or whatever who are actually going to be playing a lot and maybe, you know, top 25, 26. And everyone else out there is really there to be, of course, depth, but to play special teams. If you're not playing special teams, you don't really provide too much to this team. So Brandon Zilstra, from a special teams perspective, provides a lot for the Carolina Panthers. So my vote would still be be Brandon Zilstra. I just haven't seen a ton from Omar Bayless when it comes to special teams or really just in-game wide receiving skills throughout the preseason to make me believe that he should absolutely be on this roster. And that's nothing against him. I think he'll get another opportunity next year. He's just going to have to improve on special teams. He wants to beat up Brandon Zilstra. Of course, I could be wrong here as well. Uh, Eric, with guys like the Ravens kicker, Verity most likely being cut at the 53-man cutdown, do you think we sign a kicker too early to get a potential good kicker? Great question, Eric. As we know, as we're talking, and I get all these questions throughout the week, and I go through them, and some of them, you know, get outdated, but still not an outdated question at all. As we know, Eberly gone. Santoso now here along with Sly. Big time competition for those guys tonight in the final preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Bank of America Stadium. Joey's like an ill afford to miss a kick. <sighs> Do you think we sign a kicker too early to get a potentially good one? No, I don't think so because I don't think there's any good kickers available. <laughs> That's the thing, Eric. Like if you, you're just not going to be a good kicker available. Maybe one of these guys, at least someone who has a strong background in the NFL as a good kicker. Like those guys are like Steven Goskowski, who struggled mightily last year with the Tennessee Titans. He used to be a good kicker. He no longer is a good kicker. There just aren't a lot of guys with that resume of a good kicker that are ever available at this time of year. Like, because if you're a good kicker, teams don't let you go. Like, teams don't let go of good quarterbacks, they don't let go of good left tackles, good centers, good corners, if they're smart, good wide receivers. They just, there's certain positions that teams just don't let go to edge rushers. You just don't let go of top players, especially positions like the kicker where it's so hard to find another one, which is why I cautioned the Panthers a few years ago with their Graham Gano, Joey Sly situation that, come on, you have a decent, you have a good kicking situation here. I understand that Graham's had his moments, but he bounced back. The injuries don't really help, but still, he's a lot better than the guy that you want to go to. And what have we seen over the last two years? The guy they went to, not very good. So no, I don't think they've signed or traded for a kicker too early to potentially get a good one. Those two guys, and Sly and Santoso have tonight to try and prove themselves in the remaining days of practice before the cutdown on Tuesday. And then the Panthers will see what's out there. Even if one of them makes the roster, they'll bring in someone at least for 
a uh, training camp slot or not a training camp slot for like a practice squad slot, slot or, you know, to actually compete with Sly or Santosa, whoever wins that battle and see if that's the best kicker for the team. Like they're not going to be done after the cutdown. Just understand that. And that's not just a kicker. That's at every single position on this roster, probably outside of quarterback and wide receiver. Um, but on that deep, they're, they're going to they won't be done is my point there. All right, Mark says, hey, Julian, good Thursday to you. Good Thursday to you, or really Friday, since this is what you guys are listening to the show. Given how nervous and unsure we are about the quarterback situation, if Foles gets released by Dub Bears, should we get him on waivers and let PJ and Will walk? Someone with NFL experience, he would be asked more to manage games and not lose them. Getting balls are playmakers with good decisions was one of the knocks on Darnold thoughts. Thanks, man. Keep pounding. Yeah, keep pounding to you, Mark. Whew, that was also a terrible uh, dub bears by me. Um, I know you guys are like probably cringing back home. Let's see. Nick Foles, who is currently on a deal with the Chicago Bears that is paying him three years, $24 million. And this year, he is getting $4 million base salary, then $2.6 million signing with a cap hit of 6.6 and a dead cap hit of 14.3 million. The yearly cash is $4, is $4 million. Like, yeah, it's the out in his contract is after the season. So the Bears really don't benefit anyway by releasing him. Like the dead cap that they're going to have to take on in 2021, like this season is $11.6 million. The next season is 2.6. They don't save any cap. They lose $5 million against the cap, actually. If they trade him, though, the dead cap saving is 2.6 for this year and next year, and they save $4 million. So the only way the Chicago Bears are getting rid of Nick Foles and not keeping him on the roster is if someone trades for them. There's no benefit for that team at all to sit there and eat that dead cap by releasing him. So, no, the Carolina Panthers aren't going to have an opportunity to get Nick Foles unless Scott Fitter feels like he wants to trade for him. And at this point in time, I feel like if he really wanted Nick Foles to be the veteran backup here in Carolina for Sam Darnold and that they weren't going to sit there and try and rely on development of P.J. Walker and Will Greer, that they would have already made that deal. Things obviously could change just depending on the situation. Like if Darnold were to get hurt, then yeah, hundred percent, go out there and get Nick Foles, where you have to give up assets, but still you can get a weight, get out of that contract after this year, and then you can bring back Darnold next year, or go get a rookie quarterback, or go find some other veteran, and maybe Foles tricked the Panthers and wanted to stay in being good enough and keep him here. Again, he is a former Super Bowl MVP, so it's not like he's terrible, but no, I don't see the situation really working out with the Carolina Panthers. We're able to get Foles if he's released because he's not going to be released. They would have to trade for him. I do though want to get a veteran backup. Looking at the fifty man. After we get past the 53 man cut down, I want to see who's available, see what they can sign them, and then choose between Will or PJ, which that choice will already be made. Maybe they keep both of those guys, and if they need to release one and then try and just throw away from the, the uh, practice squad, I'm cool with that. Have at least one developmental quarterback when it comes to PJ Walker and Will Greer. All right, final question of the week Hazleton Creed for the Friday mailbag or whenever. You're getting it now. With Ryan Tannehill being placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, can you see a situation where the Panthers end up keeping all three quarterbacks as insurance in case something happens? Great point you bring up there as we were just talking about the quarterback situation with the Panthers. I could see that. I think right now it's too close to call. I'd probably lean to P.J. Walker because of last season being the number two and the past relationship with Matt Rule having played for him back in Temple, which we all know. Will Greer looked better than P.J. with the twos on Saturday night against the Baltimore Ravens. The only problem was he didn't get down the field and put the ball in the end zone. 
They only settled for three, and that's not great. You have to move the ball, the red zone situation, and is still terrible for the offense, whether it's first team, second team, or third team, which only moved the ball 18 yards in the second half with P.J. Walker at quarterback. I just think it's too close to call right now. And I do believe that it's worth keeping all three around based off of what we've seen so far with the COVID situation. We know that Sam Darnold's vaccinated. Um, from looking at the fact that they've talked to the media during training camp, both PJ and Will Greer, I would assume that both of those guys are vaccinated. I haven't seen any reports of that they were wearing masks, but they're talking to the media. Part of the protocols, you wouldn't be doing that if you were an unvaccinated player. At least you wouldn't be doing it without a mask. As we see up in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, he's having to wear a mask when talking to the media. Same thing with Cole Beasley up in Buffalo. So all three guys are vaccinated. So even if one of them does get COVID and the other two are next or near him as close contacts, they don't have to sit out a game. So the Panthers are actually better protected this year because of the ability for players to get inoculated than they would have been last year where they could have a Denver Broncos situation where the entirety of the quarterback room was wiped out or a situation like with the Minnesota Vikings who had Kirk Cousins be a close contact who's not who's not vaccinated and then their draft pick, Kellen Mond, wasn't vaccinated, tested positive, and they could have that again happen to them this year, considering Cousins says that he's not going to get vaccinated. He will sit behind plexiglass because apparently that's it's more logical than actually getting vaccinated, which is asinine. But that's not our problem. That's Minnesota's problem. So, yeah, I could see there's a scenario where they want to keep all three guys. I just don't know if that's something that they want to do necessarily. Scott Fitterer has said that it's all about getting your your 53 best players and figuring it out from there. So if they believe that having three quarterbacks is a part, is their 53 best players on the roster, then yeah, I'm totally cool with that. And we'll see how the situation plays out from there. All right. That wraps up another edition of the locked on Panthers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. I'm your host as always, Julian council talking Carolina Panthers every Monday through Friday. Please make sure to rate review, subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. Listen to us also on Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show and get your podcast, please make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian council where like, Friday, today, next Friday, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So go ahead and start getting those in right now. You can either at me or DM me, but don't get crazy with those DMs. And I'll answer your questions, send them in throughout the week. I love getting the interaction from you guys. Love talking to you guys and appreciate you listening and supporting me and being huge fans of the Carolina Panthers. Hope I'm providing the kind of content that you're looking for. If you ever have any content ideas, please go ahead. Never hesitate to let me know what you think. And I will try and incorporate that into the show if I can, if I think that also would help out and be something that a lot of people want to listen to. So again, guys, thanks for listening tonight against Pittsburgh final preseason game. Check that out. I will talk to you on Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.